Hello, wonderful beings. Welcome back to the TFC Audio Project. On our third episode of Podiatry 2.0, Andy and I talk about footwear. We unpack why the shoes we use to cover our feet present both the biggest problem and the biggest opportunity when it comes to foot health. We compare natural and conventional footwear. We discuss the said principle, and we talk about why footwear is such an important element in the business of in the business model for natural podiatry. Really enjoy the conversation with Andy, and we hope that you enjoy listening. This episode of the show is sponsored by TFC Shop, your one-stop online store for balance beams, natural footwear, and foot, foot health accessories. If you visit tfc-shop.com, you can check out the growing selection of products that we offer that help you live a more natural life. This episode of the show is also brought to you by the Foot Nerd Program, which is a learning community for those looking to take radical responsibility for their health. The program is a year-long health commitment, and it provides learning material, physical projects for each pillar of health, and built-in support and accountability for your health journey. For more info or to apply for the program, head to tfcfootnerd.com and you'll be able to get that there. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the Roasters Pack. If you're into coffee, this company offers a great subscription service that delivers you fresh beans to your door each month, and it gives you the story behind the craft roasters that each of the beans come from. If you check out theroasterspack.com, use the code FOOT at checkout, you'll get seven bucks off your first month. Last but not least, this episode is sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases. We use their products to transport electronics and equipment to events, um, and they make some great products here in Canada. So if you check out nanook.com, N-A-N-U-K.com, you'll be able to get more information about their pro-grade hard cases. That's it for sponsors. Let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. Hello, wonderful humans. Welcome to our third episode of Podiatry 2.0. Today, Andy and I are going to be discussing a topic that I think, in my opinion, is both the biggest challenge and the biggest opportunity within natural podiatry, and that is footwear. So if you haven't listened to our first two episodes, they might be uh, good for you to catch up on. But um, if you don't know, Andy's a foot nerd and a podiatrist from Melbourne, Australia. And the whole concept was that we wanted to do a series of podcast episodes to introduce the concept of natural podiatry as we build up to our new project at the end of this year uh, to build a community of natural podiatrists who want to help change the profession. So Andy, thanks for taking the time. This, I was going to say, uh afternoon but for you it's morning and uh yeah i'm ready to dig in thanks thanks for having me great way to start the day no worries it's always a treat chatting with aussies who have a passion for things that align with my interests that sounds very self-centered but it is i i just i love talking to people who are fired up about the same things as i'm fired up about and um aren't shy in terms of being able to Admit that, yeah, we, we don't know everything. We just know what we know right now, but it's good to be able to challenge, uh, you know, existing paradigms without feeling scared that it's like, oh, I don't know if this is the truth. It's like, this is the truth right now. Prove us wrong. That's how you learn. Um, so footwear is the topic. And, you know, I think uh, probably footwear is something you talk about all the time as a podiatrist. And I find myself engaging in a lot of footwear conversations as we start to work on our own footwear. But you know, I always bring the conversation of any foot health conversation to me uh, immediately goes back to footwear. And sometimes that surprises people. But, you know, how has your perspective on maybe a good place to start is how has your perspective on footwear changed over the past, uh, let's call it a couple of years? And um, how do you view footwear today within the within sort of the container of what you do in your day to day life for work? 
So I think in the past, as a traditional podiatrist, it wasn't negotiable. It was, um, you would just, you wouldn't even think about how much of a heel a shoe had on it, or you, you might think about how much motion control was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the footwear industry has changed as well, that they're not so much into that, but still it's um, a non-negotiable. It's just assumed that someone will stay in a modern athletic shoe or modern work shoes, you know? And so... Um, now I just think it's a totally negotiable and probably the root cause of so m- part part of the root cause of so much of the dysfunction that I see in the clinic. And um, yeah, so that's the biggest change that it's totally negotiable now. And I've reframed it that footwear um, from my learning, I didn't come up with this, should only be something that is protective from sharp things and the heat and the, and the, and the heat and the cold. And so um, as a natural podiatrist, um, which is what I'm starting to call myself like more regularly now, which is really, which is really enjoyable, um, just to think of, think of it that way, is um, to provide that for the foot first and foremost right. and, then let the, and then get out of the way of what our bodies are trying to do for themselves. So, yeah, shoes should only be there um, for those reasons, to protect basically, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, so, it's such a paradox, right, where... Uh, you know, footwear is worn to protect a foot, like you said, from texture or temperature. And yet it's turned into this thing where it does that. It does, it does protect us from temperature. It does protect us from sharp objects or rocks. But it's gone. It's gotten to such a weird place that the protection it provides actually pales in comparison to the damage it's creating based on even things that people aren't really acknowledging. Like a lot of people shrug off having a heel lift in your shoe as something that's inconsequential. They're like, what does it matter? It's just, it's just a bit of, it's a bit higher than my forefoot. And it just, I, I think it just shows that people underestimate the, of how much the environment or the inputs we get affects how our brain makes sense of the world in terms of movement and positioning. And even something is, and, and those are also funny enough, the same people that have locked up ankles and are like, I just tell me what to do to unlock my ankles. And it's like, well, you, if you don't stand on a ramp all day long, you're automatically going to get more space in your ankle. And it sounds simplistic, but it, it's literally, it makes perfect sense in terms of logic. And it, physiologically, like, that's the case. <laughs> so Yeah, and we start with our kids um, in a wide, thin, flat, flexible shoe when they're only, um, when they're first walking, so at, at, at one to two years, you know. And then um, by the time they're at school, we put them in a heeled, stiff, cushioned and tapered toe shoe. And so that's like by the time they're four or five, they're already um, conditioning their feet in a way that's unnatural. And then we wonder why when they're 30, 40, 50 and so on, there's issues. Like our body adapts to what we impose upon it. And if you're putting something in the developmental years of four or five years of age onwards, if you're putting the, the, the foot in a shoe that is not... Um, I, you know, that's not ideal for normal function, then your body's going to have some bigger da- adaptations. And so, yeah, wearing a heel on the odd occasion is not going to create those issues. But when you're doing it sy- systemically from when you're four years age, of age or even earlier sometimes, that, that's when we're going to see trouble. Right. And then it's almost like we've almost programmed a dependence to then need those things. It's like, so yeah. then when you get rid of the heel lift, if you're not given a good understanding of sort of the adaptation phases that are required for your body to kind of make sense of its new environment, then people are like, well, I need the heel lift because now my calves, my Achilles is hurting. It's like, well, footwear created that problem. We don't want to just keep feeding into it and adding more to protect you from the problems created by footwear. 
you know, at a certain point, we have to start to flip things around and say, well, what's actually good for the body long term? Like, if we want to play a long term game and get you less reliant on things, then we have to start aiming towards a better target, right? And a better target is how do we get you back to your baseline natural function of how your physiology is supposed to work, which requires a little bit of understanding of how to then embark on the process of adaptation. And, you know, the whole, I just find it very strange how, and it's obviously been a slow transition. And, and also when you go into a shoe store and every shoe has the same features, you assume that those are the right things to be in shoes. Yeah, um, shoes we call it, I, I call it the good shoes, you know. I, I put my kids in X brand um, because they're the good ones, you know. And right, so, right. you know, so. The bigger your marketing budget is as a shoe company, the better you are, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's so maybe let's start by just drawing a clear line in the sand of of some terminology. So conventional footwear, you know, in that I lump in fashion footwear, but conventional footwear, uh, you know, I consider and, and let me know if you if you share the same opinions is footwear that is made um, for reasons of appealing to people and getting them to buy more footwear. It's made in such a way that it makes it easy to mass manufacture. It's made in a way that it's always been made, right? Traditional manufacturing techniques, you have the midsole, you have the upper, you have the sole, you typically put cushioning in there somewhere. You, people feel you need arch support. Like these are all characteristics that people consider good shoes. And yes. you know, that would be conventional footwear. And then we draw the line with natural footwear. And you know, like, I don't like the term minimalist because I think it insinuates it has less of the bad stuff. Okay. Like it, it's, I shouldn't say I don't like it because it, I, I'm, I consider myself a minimalist where I like less is more. But when it comes to people saying, yeah, I'm going to go to a minimal running shoe. To me, what that often means is they're going to get a shoe with slightly less cushioning, which is not going to be enough to de uh, to, to sort of disengage them from the harmful movement patterns. So we kind of had this conversation with the healthy foot Alliance and we settled on the term natural footwear, because I think it's, a good one in that it aligns with restoring natural function um, and allows you to create a very clear demarcation where you're like, eh, not semi-natural. It's like natural means it's flat, it's wide, it's flexible, and it has a thin sole. And within that, there's going to be a continuum. But um, what are your thoughts on, on that terminology? Yeah, I like that terminology. And I think it's important because I, and I was thinking this on the way to work this morning. Um, which, you know, that's a whole other topic that I'm thinking about this while I'm just driving along, which I really like. But anyway, um, so that cushioning is the last thing that we really struggle to get rid of, I think. Like we're so yeah. used to that idea of cushioning. And so when you say minimalist, it's true. It becomes a sliding scale. And really, um, if we're going to be purists about it and really take away all the things that create dysfunction, we do need to remove that cushioning. We need to remove the heel. We need to make sure it's wide enough. And we may need to make sure it's flexible. And so, yes, minimalist means that um, you could be somewhere along that scale and you're still going to have things that are harmful to your foot function. So I do like the term natural um, natural footwear, yeah. Yeah, and I think minimal footwear has almost become a marketing word where companies will play with the line of what is actually considered minimalist. Yeah. Like if you make a hoka and then yeah. you make a hoka with one millimeter less cushioning, yeah. uh, that's a minimal hoka, right? <laughs> it's like, so where, where's the line? And it's like, yeah. you know, companies are going to twist that shit until they're forced to not make those shoes. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's almost like a special use case uh, yeah. of the word minimal in footwear because I think minimalism or minimal, uh, the minimal mindset is just less. And that is the mindset with footwear. But I think because of 
how easy it is to twist words to attract people to a, a trend, um, yeah. like being healthy. I guess being healthy is the trend and companies will capitalize on that. So I think it's almost good to be like, there's the line. This is what natural footwear is. It's not to say everyone's going to transition every single piece of footwear to natural footwear. But I think if we want to make a clear continuum with the end goal being you should be able to wear natural footwear and be okay, not be in pain, not be, not be having issues. And in fact, that is probably the most monumental treatment pillar is the transition to natural footwear when we're talking about the foot specifically. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because people need to be given the ability to, to then determine, like you're not gonna be there to hold their hand all the time when they're buying shoes. I think, you know, we'll get to the point of bringing footwear inside of the scope of natural podiatry because I think that's part of an end-to-end experience. Um, but I think giving people, like what's your favorite mnemonic to give people when you're talking about, okay, well, these are the things to look for in natural footwear. Because when you say flat, wide, thin, and flexible, uh, I, I think a lot of times people remember one or two of them. Um, but what, how do you explain that? Oh, so I do. I just say that they're wide, thin, flat, and flexible. And, um, but I spell it out very clearly. So they go away knowing that that's what it is. I'll write it down for them. But, oh, um, good. Yeah, I definitely write it down for them. And, and it's, it's, it's not to say that people are not going to need something in between. Like if you're coming from a hocker to a minimal shoe, it's, and this is such a gray area. Like you may need like a transition shoe and that's where these other shoes can come in handy, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Nike make the free and it's still got a heel. It's still got heaps of cushioning. But then um, what I, what I'm thinking about more now is that when you do that, you're still having all these compensations in the foot because of all that cushioning. And it makes the journey sometimes even harder at some point right. you, you just have to take the big plunge you know you right. just have to go you know what because as soon as you take it all away your foot starts functioning the way it's meant to while there's still some part of it there the cushioning or the heel then your foot is going to be um still making those compensations and it's not going to actually help you on the transition you're just going to get used to something else instead you know Yep. So, so sometimes you just have to go, you know what, I'm just going to take the plunge. And yep. interestingly, someone emailed me yesterday asking me why they feel better in their whole body when they are um, on a textured surface, like their bathroom floor has more of a texture compared to the kitchen floor, which is, is flatter. So they're bare, barefoot in both and they feel better on the textured surface. And so this tells me, um, and that's, that's obvious to me because you're getting more input into your foot. So if you're going into this minimalist, foot, um, minimalist or transition footwear, something that's still flat, um, got cushioning or something that's taking you away from the ground, your body is still having to, um, you know, work it, like it's too much of a, an equation for, the, for your body. Your body wants as much input as, possi- as possible. And when you right. get put all the input in there, then, then you're better off. And that's um, what I'm doing now more of getting people to go for barefoot walks. It might be five minutes to start with and yep. it might be 50 meters, like a 50 meter walk out and back and just walk very slowly and walk. So you don't have pain. So like to work out their own way and get their body getting all this impact. It's like going to the other extreme instead of going through a, um, a transition shoe, let's just go straight to the extreme, but in a very small dose and then build up from there, you know, because that's where the answer lies. So let's go to that, you know, yeah, and I, I've always felt that way. And I get so many questions from people saying, what's the best transition to? And even some people that are fairly well-versed in the, in the space of foot mechanics and foot health will always bring up, you know, what, what's your transition sequence that you suggest? And I just tell people, like, buy a natural shoe, a radically natural shoe. 
and then slowly work into it instead of giving yourself multiple other thresholds of confusion to then readapt. Like you're literally just, the adaptation process requires energy. You're just wasting energy by creating all these artificial levels to try and work through. And it's better to just reconnect with the signals of your body. Like the worst thing that can happen is your feet are going to be sore after five minutes. And then it tells you five minutes is your current capacity. And it gives you something to measure, right? Whereas if you never get that discomfort, you never get these signals because you're still getting some of the bad stuff. You know, it's like the analogy in my brain is like, okay, if, if you're used to having mercury um, in your tooth and you're like, well, this is really bad for me. I want to take that out. And then Dennis says, well, okay, we're going to take it out, but I'm going to give you a little mercury pill to take a little bit of toxins until, until you're ready to not have any. It's like, I love it's, that. Hey, just get rid of the shit and then yeah. your body will figure it out. That's what it wants. That's what it needs. Why are we beating around the bush apart from trying to sell more shoots? Yeah, we're making it a, a nice soft transition. We're making it all cozy, you know. Right. Making people, <laughs> right. making people feel better about it, that they're not taking too much of a, a big step, I think. Um, right. Just, just in a slightly off topic, I've spoken to two different people this week. Um, one has a child with cerebral palsy. And so um, it's a given treatment modality for kids in that with cerebral palsy to have input put into that, like they'll stroke the sole of the foot, they'll put spiky things onto the sole of the foot. They even wear weights on their ankles so that when they're um, so that when they're eating their dinner with a knife and fork, their motor skills with their hands are better when their feet are being pressed into the ground. Wow! And so they're putting all this as much input into the sole of the foot for someone that's neurologically impaired. Um, because when you put, because that community understands, and there must, and there's science behind it for that community that when there is a neurological impairment, and you put more stimulus into the sole of the foot, it, it improves whole whole motor function, and so, wow. so, and, and then the other example was a stroke um, victim was having, um, someone that had suffered a stroke was having, um, was they were doing the same type of treatment, so another neurological impairment putting more um, input into the sole of the foot and their whole motor um, programming is a whole lot better. And so I just think those two neurological conditions, a stroke or cerebral palsy and multitudes of others, are just putting a magnifier, just magnifying the the importance of the sole of our foot in our whole motor programming and conditioning. You know, that's magnifying that if that there's some, if there's a neurological impairment when we, um, when we uh, expose the foot to more, then that helps in that situation. We are not off that spectrum. We're on that spectrum somewhere. Right, you know, like I agree. When, when you don't have a neurological deficit, your body still uses that system. Yet when we put a cushion under there or something hard and something that takes you away, it definitely removes us away and stops our motor control being so good. So if we're doing this with people that have um, have a neurological deficit, we should be doing like everyone should be maximizing what their feet are doing. And that can start straight away, you know, like just just expose your feet to more texture, more, um, you know, yeah, yeah, more stimulus, and then you'll function better, full stop, basically. Yeah, I agree. And it was funny because I took the uh, a pair of FC.5s and I put them inside out because I wanted to see sort of how the sole attached to the upper. And then I put yeah. my foot in it and I was like, this is interesting. There's a bunch of texture on the underside sole of the shoe. And when yeah. I flipped it inside out, I stood in it and I was like, 
this feels amazing on my foot. And so what we're going to do, um, maybe not the next iteration, but the one after is put just as much texture inside the sole of the shoe as there is outside so that we can constantly have some neurological input going through. Even if you're on a hard concrete surface, you're literally bringing in the sensory, the more natural sensory variety inside your footwear so that you're never on hard flat. You're always on variety and texture. So it's, it's, and that's and, the Naboso sole, isn't it? Um, yes. That, that put in. And so, like, I have shied away from that to some extent because I think nature provides all that we need right. for our foot to um, get stimulus, you know? Like, we don't need to over-excite the stimulus for mm-hmm. when there's not a, a neurological deficit. Um, and I struggle with putting it into a normal shoe. Like, I don't see the point of, like, it's going half, it's a half measure to put it into right. a shoe cushioning and a tight toe box because... Yes, you're going to improve neurological neurological input and stimulus, but you are you're just going like halfway there. So um, right. I, I'm not sure where that fits in, like uh, into into the whole realm of stuff. Like in my mind, I, don't, I mean, yeah. people are using it successfully, but in my mind, I'm just not there yet. You know, I, and I'm not a fan of adding more things. I think if you're going to have the base of the shoe and you're going to have like a thin sock liner, adding a bit of texture to that material because it's already in there. Um, yeah could make sense. And it could even be like an option that people have if they want. Yeah. But, you know, I got a pair of Novoso insoles a while back when Emily first released them and I looked at them and I was like, these won't like my foot literally engulfed it because it was shaped like a traditional shoe, shaped like a pointed shoe. And the yeah. annoyance of having that thing moving around and having my foot flop over it. I was like, yeah. this isn't even shaped like my freaking shoe. Like, I'm not going to wear this. It's going to shift around and it's not worth the texture. I'll just take my shoes off. Yeah. because I can do that way more than what people think. And then I'll just get the texture that way. Right. It's like, it's like a supplement we're trying to take to make up for texture, which is free. If you just take your shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, it almost confuses people. It's like, well, should I be trying to put texture in my shoe or should I be going spending time barefoot? And I think like so many people reach out on Instagram with silly questions. Like, Oh, my feet hurt. What do I do? It's like, well, I don't know. Our entire education continuum that's available for free is about this stuff. Um, but what I've started to say is, you know, spend time barefoot, transition to natural footwear and spend more time on the floor and less time in chairs. And I just copy and paste that exact same thing with, and it's like, people are like, well, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, it's pretty simple. Read it several times and just like take your shoes off and walk around. I really don't think it gets any more simple than that. Um, and it is, it really is that simple. And that's part of the reason we embarked on, you know, deciding to try and to, to make footwear because it's like, there can be, it can be done in a radically different way when you realize there needs to be so little to protect your foot from getting damaged, which means you can manufacture shoes in a radically different way that is super different and much more feasible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was funny. I was listening uh, this morning to our, because the uh, episode number two aired this morning on, on iTunes. And it was funny when we went through, uh, you almost, there was a point where you were almost thinking out loud and we were talking about footwear and, and you were talking about, we were talking about the business model of podiatry and how selling footwear is, it should be a, uh, a revenue stream because it actually just makes sense. There's no conflict if you're selling the right kind of footwear that aligns with your philosophy. And you were kind of explaining it and you were like, yeah, footwear is really important. Yeah, we should sell Footwear is the mainstay of treatment. <laughs> I was just like, I started chuckling. I'm like, it's so true. And it's, you know, even like I opened, it's like footwear is the biggest challenge that will face the community of natural podiatrists. It's also the biggest opportunity that will face the community of natural podiatrists because it is not only the source of the problems people come in to get treated, 
it is the solution to the problems that are coming in to get treated for. So it's like, it's such a, it's such a huge thing. Like footwear is, you know, like I almost don't talk about foot health. I talk about it completely differently than I used to, because I almost don't talk about anything but footwear, because that's actually the only thing I feel matters. If you wear the right kind of footwear, you are treating your foot and doing the best exercises and strengthening and mobilizing that you can by just humaning in natural yeah. footwear. Yeah. And I think um, people get caught up in, I've got this type of foot or that type of foot and I've got mm-hmm. this hip issue or this knee issue. Yep. No one is perfect. And, and that's the other issue with podiatrists that we have this idea of perfect, um, that we have this idea of uh, having someone, you know, standing straight or functioning perfectly. And, and previously we've tried to get them back to that position, either with other shoes or with orthotics and things. But so there's, if you take away that idea of this perfect way of functioning, then, um, and just letting your body function as, as you personally were designed to, your body will work it out. Like we just work out the best way to do it, you know, and it might not right. look great but it's um great in a traditional sense but it's a functional way and so and a natural shoe allows you to do that and it's and and that's the process to be able to get back to doing that um transitioning to to letting your body do it as it as it is designed to do it like on Mm -hmm. a personal level compared as opposed to transitioning through footwear you know yeah that artificial um standard of like this is correct posture this is what you this is what you need to get back to it's such a weird thing because number one it's just a snapshot it's like well what were you doing when someone took that snapshot and who are they comparing you to because this is this random person with this unique alignment why are you being compared to that person you're not the same person and you're not even the same person tomorrow and if you do the right things you're gonna be totally different in a month so what's the point it's like help people get a good understanding of what the right inputs are. And you never have to focus on the static snapshot, right? And, and give them back responsibility to feel what things feel like, right? This whole, this whole realm of giving people back empowerment to self-regulate is I think a really big missing element in the way the whole health and rehab industry sort of treats, right? We don't, we, we, and a part of it is because that is kind of what you feel your job. If you feel your job is the resource for people to have to ask you every single little thing because you have the answers, then you don't really need to kind of dive into giving them back some of that responsibility. But if you see your job as a guide, the yeah. best guide is the one who, who conditions independence in the people they're helping. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's not rocket science. You should be wearing natural footwear, just like, you know, and just like going barefoot is good for you. Deadlifting is also good for you. It doesn't mean you should deadlift 200 kilos the first time you deadlift, right? So, I mean, that almost shouldn't need to be said, but it does because people do that shit. And so I think when it comes to transitioning to natural footwear or to going barefoot, the guide role is a very valuable role. It's a very important role because that actually determines whether people continue to pursue it with success or whether they get turned off because something didn't go like they thought it was supposed to go. And so like, you know, if someone comes to you and says, Andy, Okay, you told, you told me about footwear. I need to get away from support and cushioning. I need to get back towards uh, sort of the default state of natural function. I'm wearing hokas right now for both running and I'm wearing cushioned shoes in my day-to-day life. Like where, what, where's the first place I go? What, I, I, I trust that you understand this. What do I do? 
Yeah. So you're asking me now? Yeah. Yeah. Thought experiment. <laughs> well, this is my job. This is my job. So I do still assess them and I still um, work out what whether there's pain and all this type of stuff. So I still do that. But um, the overarching goal is to get them into a minimal shoe, uh, sorry, into a natural shoe. And that can um, start with some barefoot walking or it might be, and I still put them through a transition shoe, but even after, like, it's constantly, my, my approach is constantly evolving and I'm becoming right. a bit more um, hardcore, a bit more purist. I'm just like, you know what, this is, this is what the issue is and, and therefore we need to take that away, as in the hocker and those shoes. And, yep. and um. I think when you, when you have that approach, though, then you, you're more likely to maybe lose some people along the way. So it does come down to how well you educate them as to why mm-hmm. it's happening. And, and then it's a bit of a, a long, sometimes it's a quick thing for some people and other times it's a long, slow burn that they're like, oh, that guy said that six months ago or that guy said that two years ago. <laughs> right. I've still got this issue, you know. And so um, my key is to educate them as to why, what, as to why they have a problem and, and mostly it's due to their current footwear and their movement, um, their lack of movement variability in right. terms of their whole lifestyle. You know, like those two things I could say blanket, that's what's going on, you know. Um, and I feel like the footwear, the footwear you wear is the determinant of how broad your movement ecosystem can be when it comes to your feet, right? Like if you're wearing a shoe that constrains motion at your big toe, I don't care how many different movements you do in that shoe. The shoe yeah. is the primary determinant of your movement capacity at the foot. Um, and, you know, one thing I, I love that you said there is you're like, I've gotten way more hardcore and more purist as time was on. I, th- I literally think that just comes from more and more confidence in what you're saying. Like for me, it did. When I had 30 people come back to me and say, wow, that worked. My feet feel way better. I hardly did anything except for spend time barefoot. I'm like, okay, I can say that with way more confidence now because I'm constantly getting things that reinforce, like it makes sense physiologically. I've seen it myself in my own personal experience. I'm getting this feedback from everyone saying that this is working. It's simple. I didn't believe it, but now I'm a believer. You're allowed to be confident if you constantly are getting reinforcement and it makes sense what you're saying. So I think it's, um, and I also just like that you're like, it's, you're playing with different approaches, right? You're, you're using this, core value structure of understanding of like, okay, the foot needs the right inputs to be guided on how to adapt. But other than that, it's play. You're playing yeah. with how you're explaining things. You're playing with how, how you're connecting with each individual, which is bringing their own individual programming and history and, and injuries yeah. to it. And so it really is, you know, I always think that winning is when what you do as play, other people see as work. And if you get paid to play, you're, uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to do really good because it's fun. <laughs> I think I still find it nerve wracking um, because it's so different to what people expect when they come to see me. And my easiest job is when someone's already um, in minimal shoes and they're having some issues and I can like um, put, put out the fire, like, you know, just, just um, make it a bit easier for them by, by changing things up. So, because then I, then the education is done. Then the understanding is there as opposed to going straight from the hocker to, to nothing. And interestingly this week I saw um, a lady that's, that was using a very stiff work shoe and, and she has great um, foot function. Like to watch her walk, there's not a lot going on that I think this could be an issue, you know, yet she's in this stiff shoe and she's got this big toe that's stiff. And I'm explaining this stiff shoe. Like if you put something stiff over a joint, it stiffens up. And she's right, like, Oh no, right. those, those shoes soften up with time. I'm like, <laughs> 
you know, your big toe is stiff for a reason. It's not made to be stiff. It's stiff for a reason. You have the range of motion there, but it's getting stiff with that shoe. So like every single person there, there is a little, um, there, no one is the same. I'm always having to come up with different ways to explain things right. um, and bring it back to footwear. Like people get so connected. This is another thing that's probably worth talking. They're so connected. So, so bought into their footwear and yep. um, and the idea of what that gives them as well, whether it be because they bought Hocker and then they went for a run in them and they felt great on that first run. But, you know, that's because they it felt great to jump in a couch the first time as well. You know, like it's, it's a cushioned right. run, you know, it's going to feel good, but it's not good for your function. Right. And so, so then they have this idea that this is this ideal shoe for them. And so um, having to break all that down is, is probably my hardest job, I think. As a podiatrist, that's their hardest job. Yeah, I agree. And it's a lot of, it's a lot, um, it's a lot to process. If you're coming from the hockey end of the continuum and everything you've been exposed to is reinforced that that is the best shoe for you to run in because of the issues you've got. It's really, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance when someone says, well, that's, that's not correct. That's affecting your movement in a way that's going to lead to inefficiency and potentially injury. Uh, we need to get you back towards sort of baseline of human function by giving you more human inputs. Um, and it's always this thing with technology where people think that just because we have a technology um, that, that is considered more advanced, uh, it means it must be good for us, right? Like, and, and it's this really slippery slope. Like I did a podcast this morning with Mike about embodied cognition. And one thing we talked about was, you know, if my cell phone can store all of my friends' birthdays, all of my friends' phone numbers, and all of their details, and I don't have to remember a thing what is going on up there? So I can, I, it's like, maybe that's not a good thing for me to rely on. If I'm using it to expand my potential uh, for cognition, that's great. But if I'm using it to replace my need to actually remember shit, well, I'm going to stop remembering things pretty quickly. And that's not a good thing. So it's just like, okay, your shoe cushions, your shoe cushions your heel. Yeah. But is your brain forgetting how to cushion your body with yeah the way it moves and it's like a double-edged sort of technology it's not bad or good it's neutral but how you use it and in what occasions and what the effects are is really what determines whether it's good for you or bad for you yeah. um and yeah it's always just this people love footwear and i i think one of these core things that i've latched on with especially with uh women in particular they prefer the look of cute shoes than the look of natural human feet mm. It, that's a really hard one to get by because this is this innate thing that when you tell them that they're like, no, I don't, they just deny it. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, why don't you wear shoes that look like feet? Well, they're ugly. Well, you just mm. confirmed what you said you didn't, <laughs> you know? So it's like, we have to, we have to find a middle ground and <laughs> well, no, I don't think we do. But if you want to actually like get someone, you can either push someone away and just be like, that's a lost cause. Or you can be like, all right, well, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to go for a five minute barefoot walk? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Start doing that. And then you'll come see me at some point saying you can't wear those shoes anymore because your feet have started to normalize. So it's like, yeah. eventually it just depends on how far someone is willing to go into the, the cave of discomfort and pain and frustration until they are sort of forced to, to change their perspective. And it's like the people who are radically open-minded are like, well, I just want to do what's best for my body. I'm going to change tomorrow. I don't give a shit. I'll spend a bunch of money on shoes. I'll do, I'll do what you say. Cause I believe that you know what you're talking about and you have my best interests in mind. That's like, those are the, those people are awesome. And those are the event. Those are the barefoot evangelists. Cause they will tell everyone. Um, and as a natural podiatrist, that's, and they're the people that you attract, I think. So going forward, yep. with natural podiatry, 
um, you'll hang your shingle up that will say you're a natural podiatrist. You just get those people coming to you right. because they already know what you're on about. Do you know what I mean? So, yep. um, and, and they're so probably that, relieved that they can go see someone that is like, oh, they're actually going to help me understand. And you even mentioned in the last podcast, you're kind of like a myotherapist. You take the approach that a myotherapist would take where you're restoring natural function. So you align with all those practitioners who are doing that in different realms and you yes. create a massive control network there. Yeah. And, and then uh, people are, yeah, it's just, just more likely to, like, that's what's happening to my practice now. People are coming because they know this is what I do. And, right. um, and so therefore they're, they're willing to take that step. Like they just need guidance. Like you said before, it's just about having someone to guide them. And often they could easily do it on their, their own, but they just need, they need the confidence that it's going to be okay yep. because yep. everything else in the world is telling them every other footwear in the world is telling them that they need cushioning. They need support. They need the latest right. thing. You know, there's a, a late, there's a Nike ad out a friend sent to me recently that says um, that they're, it's something like the catchphrase is designed to evolve or something as though they're out, out doing evolution, out doing what the foot can do. They're, promoting that their shoe makes your foot work better than evolution did basically, which is, you know, it's very cocky, but this is the message that people are getting. So when they come and, and they have the idea that they're feeling better, or if they even know that they feel better barefoot or in a, in a natural shoe, but then they're being told from everywhere else that it's otherwise um, my job and a natural podiatrist job is to make it okay. You know, like this, yep. just to confirm, to confirm that you're doing the right thing that this is the, the way, you know, like that's the um, biggest pleasure of my job when someone like that comes and I can confirm this is the correct way for you to do this, you know? Yeah, they know that someone's on their team kind of yeah. confirming that that's the right path. And if they need help, they know they can go to someone and be like, all right, well, I'm not having any luck here. What can we do to troubleshoot? And yeah. it's like, you're on their team. You're not, you're no longer the person who tells them what to do. You're on their team to help figure things out together because yeah. their input is actually the most important input to succeed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I did this little uh, mini podcast with Steve Sashin, who's the guy who created Zero Footwear. It's kind of like a little rant podcast because we both just need to vent on some silly shit that we've heard. Um, and one thing he talked about was the, the nonsense that goes on with studies that are published that allow companies like Nike to say things like, oh, it reduces injuries. And then when you actually look into, okay, well, how are you allowed to say that? Do you have research? Yes, we do. Can I see the paper? Sure, here it is. Well, they tested people on like a Nike Pegasus, a really cushioned shoe, and then they tested them in a slightly less cushioned shoe. And they found that, oh, 14% less people got injured in the less cushioned shoe. What they, what they say is 14, it, it's, it will reduce injuries. What they don't say is it's making you less injured than the shoe, the other shoe we make, which makes you really injured. So like, it's, it's such a whack perception of, yeah. of just showing people this very meaningless i think point of this study which just cherry picks whatever you want to be able to say whatever you want and it's like literally junk is being labeled as science and used to rationalize marketing um ads and it's like it's like, what is going on where's there's obviously no trust people are just blindly using things to their advantage and literally making it harder to make sense of things um and i think it's one of those things where if a company changes the way that they're talking about cushioning or a shoe or technology every six months, because they have to make new things to get you to buy them. And then you have a group of people that are just like, we're not, we're changing, but we're changing in how we're saying the same thing to try and make it more understandable. But the fundamentals aren't changing because our physiology isn't changing. 
I think it's refreshing to hear an anchor of uh, people who make sense and are like stable <laughs> in their perspective to be like, oh, it's okay. All this crazy stuff. Yeah, we don't need that. Let's just let's talk about the simple things that I need to do daily instead of the crazy things that are being told that, that are going to help me. And it's yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And in this day and age, it's human nature to want the next best thing. And I even see it myself like someone will like I've got a MOBO board, which is a great tool for working on um, foot strength and mobility and things like this. And, um, and I think, you know, this, there's all these tools coming at you all the time as people trying to sell things. And um, we've got to strip it back to the basics that your foot is just going to do its natural thing. There are things along the way to help it, but it's human nature to want to get involved with these tools and use this latest thing. And, yeah. um, and, and really in six months time, my message will still be um, a, the human foot on its own is the best deal, you know? Yes. And all the other stuff is just white noise. You know, it's right. just stuff that doesn't, doesn't really um, have a huge impact on the big spectrum, you know, across the board. Like you can use these little, these, these helpful tools to, um, to, to help someone along their journey, but the overall message is going to stay the same. It's not going to be like there's, oh, here's the latest natural foot. The natural foot is going to stay the same, and, and right. so that, that's quite comforting. I hadn't thought of that before. Before you said that, yeah, we're, the thing that we're evolving is the way we explain it, or right. the way that we educate people about it. The, the core fundamental principle is not going to change because the foot hasn't changed. Right, and it's funny because as I've, uh, you know, self-perceived improved the way that I uh, speak about feet, I realize it's actually by saying way less. I've, I've trimmed so much fat that I previously thought was needed to get a point across where now it's like, if people have questions that make me go into some of that periphery stuff, I'll answer it. But for right now, it's like, you want to have feet that function well, wear footwear that allows natural foot function. And one of my favorite things to say lately is smart shoes, dumb feet. Yeah. Dumb shoes, smart feet. Yeah. We want to make the dumbest footwear out there that, that is good quality in terms of durability, but does nothing to artificially try and improve your foot. And it's, I think it's so arrogant that companies say, oh, we're making your foot better. Yeah. And it's like this, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And I think what they don't realize is like, by trying to make it better, they're making it worse. Yeah. And so it's like really hard to explain that when someone is just exposed to the silo of research that confirms that they're doing good work. And don't get me wrong, researchers think they're doing good work. People who make products, I would say the vast majority of them are ser seriously believe that their product is going to help people. And most of the time it does. But if yeah. you don't look beyond the small little like lens that you're helping to see, okay, well, how is this product affecting the macro system of the human? Then you might be missing out on some externalities that you might not even be aware of. And so, you know, when someone makes you aware of those things, the, the right move is to not get upset, but to embrace the improved understanding. Whereas most people would simply say, no, you're wrong. I need to sell my product. I made this. I know it. You know, so it's like this willingness to be to be flexible in thinking that I think you know, we seem to have curated that in the humans that we've gathered in the foot nerd community. And I hope and I, I really think that with the right manifesto, we will accumulate awesome humans that have that same flexible thinking in the natural podiatry community. And that is that is then a container that can evolve and innovate at unprecedented levels because you're putting open-minded creative people in a space with other open-minded creative people that align on values and then you make magic happen because yeah. we're all working towards the same shared goal yeah um just a point you touched on there with footwear companies always coming up to try and fix something it also then implies that there's innately something wrong with most of us yes um 
And and this is what an orthotic does as well, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But shoes do it definitely. Like I need this because I don't, you know, my body doesn't do this. Like we we're constantly assessing ourselves for these things that are supposedly wrong with us, and right. and then people go around worrying that they or with these ideas that there's something wrong with them, and there there is not. And and that's the other big part of a, of my job as a natural podiatrist is to let people know that they're okay. You know, like I have people so caught up in what's wrong with their feet and and i'm just um giving them confidence that their feet are actually okay and that, and that is the biggest step for them just to yeah. say you know what you're gonna this is gonna be okay your foot functions really well you just got to get out of the way you know right. <laughs> that's amazing because so many people are told i need this or you need that shoe you need this orthotic or you need to be doing this and, and then when they don't do the exercise or they don't have that shoe then then there's a stumbling, no wonder they can't function properly, you know, like there's always something innate that there's something, they were born with something wrong with them. And there's, as we know, there's hardly anyone that um, has that, you know, um, congenital issue that actually needs support. Fortunately, right. there, there is support for those people. But, um, yeah, I think getting out of the way of our bodies and letting, them, letting people un- understand that they're going to be okay is such a big deal, you know, giving them confidence. I agree. And it's like the the psychological impact of you, someone who works with feet as a specialty and has seen hundreds and and thousands of feet telling someone your feet are pretty good. I've seen way worse. And the people that were way worse also ended up being fine. You're going to be okay. Like, oh my, it's like a weight just falls off them. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, I had a mother and a daughter, almost both in tears, like a 10-year-old and a mum, because the 10-year-old's been told all her life, oh, you you know, there's these issues. And not by the mum, but then the mum's been told, oh, you should go and see someone, you should go and see someone, just to be told that it's okay, that she's going to be functioning fine, there's no long-term damage happening. Like, it was just such a weight off their shoulders, just allowing them to to be functioning properly. You know, that was, I spent an hour at least with them, but that wasn't, the take-home message that I spent all this time and these exercises, it, the take-home for them was, I'm going to be okay, you know, like this is yeah. okay. And yeah. the mum's like, phew, I don't feel so guilty anymore. Like my daughter is going to be functioning fine, you know. Um, it's a very powerful position to, to have and you can't abuse it. But I, I don't think you're abusing it if you're just letting people know that they're going to be, that they're, um, they're going to be functioning fine, you know, like. I agree. And it's like one of those things where, if you think you're broken or you think you're fine, either way, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. So it's like, you may as well be optimistic because there's only one way to go and it's forward and to try and think of, okay, well, hi, the things that, you know, I started to do this towards the end of when I was treating a clinic and I would always mention this and, and actually spend a good amount of time elaborating on it. And I would say the body is a self-healing system. The body is a self-organizing system. That means that if you do something to damage it, it will repair itself. It's yeah. just how, what kind of stimulus are you giving it to be able to understand how to repair itself in the best way? And then self-organizing is it knows how to function right. It doesn't actually need you to give it an instructions manual to how to walk or how to move. You simply need to allow it the right environment so that all of the self-organizing that it innately does is able to actually manifest with the right inputs. Like give it the right stuff, put the right stuff on the inside. It works out its thing. You don't have to worry about that at all. And then the right stuff comes out. If you put the wrong things in, it's self-organizing calculations optimized for a different set of inputs. And so like, all we have to do is worry about the inputs. All you have to do is worry about what can I do tomorrow to give my body better inputs so that it can heal itself and organize itself like it's exactly supposed to without me giving a shit how it's doing it 
or yeah. why it's doing it. It's like, just give it the right inputs. Yeah. And I think yeah. that translates to footwear magically because all yeah. these technologies end up being false inputs that then get optimized by this beautiful software that we don't even understand, which I think leads people to not talk about it. And we don't have to understand it. Um, but if you give it different inputs, that beautiful software gets misdirected so that it's optimizing towards the wrong variables. Yes. And then you're stuck with another cycle that you have to go through to then optimize for the right set of variables. So it's like that whole thing with that. I mean, I think that's a really good metaphor for the whole minimal footwear thing is like, you're just giving it another set of shitty, less shitty inputs, but still shitty. And then you're not going to get a, a great result because you haven't given the right inputs. Yeah. And and people might have come to this podcast thinking they're going to get pearls of wisdom on the right shoe to wear and the correct shoe. We've right. hardly talked about shoes. We're just talking about letting the body do its natural thing right. because the foot, because your foot shoes should do that. They should just let the body do its natural thing. So it's yep. about taking, it's taking stuff away rather than finding the perfect shoe, isn't it? It is. And it's so funny how like, I will have conversations with people who have an advanced understanding of the foot and we almost never go too deep because those are the people that can extract the meaningful wisdom and, and sort of talk about it on a very simple level, but emphasize the simplest things because they actually are the most important. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. And like I said, like when I talk about feet now, I talk so little because I really think there's more interesting things to talk about than all the nuances of footwear. When in reality, know what natural footwear is, wear them, spend time barefoot, your feet are going to be just fine. The only variable that people have a shitty time handling, um, I seem to be saying shitty a lot, I better stop that, um, is time. It's time and patience. Like people are just so uh, anxious that things aren't improving or I get this all the time, you know, my, I have a flat foot and my arch isn't looking different. You know, is it working? I'm like, well, how do you feel? How's your function? Because it doesn't yeah. actually matter what your foot looks like. It matters how you function and your perceived level of, of whether you're improving. And, and then people kind of pause. I'm like, well, are you doing the right things? Like, are you doing, are you exposing your body to the right things? Yes. Your body's improving. You might not be able to feel it, yeah. which means you might, maybe you're not tuning in enough to actually feel the subtleties. Uh, you might not be seeing it. Like maybe structurally, you can't visually see it. The right things are happening if you're doing the right things to your body. And when people have that confidence, there's no anxiety or, or uncertainty about whether or not it's, it's good if they're doing the right thing. It's like, they now feel that all they have to do is show up every day and do a little bit and then yeah. the right things are going to happen. Yeah, and it's a dose response, isn't it? You know, some people will get sore initially or they'll have hiccups along the way and this is probably because of an overdose, like an overload, like you said right. before. Deadlifting is good for you, but you don't go and lift 200 kilos straight away. Right. Um, so it's similar with, with this uh, journey of going into natural footwear that people sometimes overload because they, mm -hmm. they're feeling good and then they'll go and do more than they, than their body's used to. And I liken it to doing like a bicep curl with 20 kilos. If you can only ever do five, you're going to hurt yourself or you're not going to be able to do it. You know, you've got to slowly build up time. So it, it is a dose responsive, like our bodies react in that way. Yeah. And I've actually started to qualify that. And um, like, as before I leave someone, if they're asking me about footwear and they're willing to transition, I always actually qualify like you're probably going to overshoot at some point and you might be sore and it's not going to feel great, but take that as an indicator and signal that you now know what your limit is, right? It's a good thing. Once in a while you got to explore your limits or else how do you know that you're maybe not doing enough, right? If you could do more and have your body that quicker, you probably want that, right? 
So I almost qualified that so that when they actually get that, they're like, oh, it's a good thing. Okay, yeah. now I know my limit. And so I, I just kind of like get rid of the question that they come back or the worry that they come back with. We're like, oh my God, my feet hurt this and that. They're like, yeah, my feet hurt like you said they would. And so I did a bit less and it's fine now. And now I can do just as much and it's not sore. It's like yeah. you answer all of your own questions all on yourself and you, and better yet, they feel confident that if their back hurts, that exact same approach becomes applicable. Yeah. And I need to move more. I need to control my inputs. Okay, well, I'm giving my body way too much chair sitting input. So I probably need to fix that. And it's yeah. funny how the physiological principles of restoring natural function at the foot is the exact same principle that gets applied to every body part. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, like for shoulders, same thing. What position do you put your shoulder in? Are you giving it, you know, they're supposed to be compressed and distracted. Are you getting those inputs? No. Okay. Well, that's a good place to start. And then they're like, Oh shit, it's the same thing. It's just a different body part. And yeah. it's like, yep. <laughs> I'll often say two steps forward, one step backwards. This will be part of the process, you know, like, yep. um, it's, it's, you know, you're trialing, you're undoing years and years of like what we started talking about, um, years and years of, um, unnatural environment for your foot and therefore your body there's going to be um hiccups in the world there's going to be hiccups along the way and that's part of the process basically yeah, i agree and i I'm think not. i think that's probably a good way to wrap up because i don't know if there's much more to be said i think uh you know if you're a podiatrist out there and you're interested in the natural podiatry community um uh what's the email future of podiatry at gmail.com if you're interested you can email that we'll put you on a little newsletter and update you um but other than that i mean i think the main take home is give your body the right inputs and it knows exactly what to do with them to give you the right outputs um that footwear uh education awareness and selecting the right footwear is probably the i would say it's the mainstay of where of everything that natural podiatry should be centered around right like that is the core problem that is the core opportunity and uh making it just really simple is actually what gives people the ability to feel confident to take action so i think you know it's it's really easy to complicate things it's really difficult to simplify them but i think when it comes to footwear wear shoes that allow your foot to function naturally and you're going to have naturally functioning feet which are strong resilient robust pain-free i think everyone wants that um any final words before we kind of end off no that's perfect yeah yeah. So thanks for taking time this morning, Andy. I know you got a patient coming in about half an hour and uh, yeah, I love, I, it's, it's funny because you're almost on like an exponential trajectory of changing how you do things. Cause even from our first podcast, now you're like, yeah, I'm a natural podiatrist. That's just how I'm going to say it now. Or like, no, I, don't, I don't, you need to get out of those shoes. Like those shoes are causing your problems. Like, what do you want, <laughs> what do you want me to say? And so I really liked it. And I think uh, it's just refreshing to see people who, accept that they will not stay the same, that they will always be changing, always be learning, that are not, uh, that don't identify with a certain way of doing things, therefore don't get defensive because they feel like they're being personally attacked. They're, they are not their ideas. They're simply playing with what the optimal concept is of how to help people. And uh, that's a really cool thing. It's scary. <laughs> that's okay. Scary. You know what? Being scared is the path to growth. I've learned that like the scariest shit I do is actually the thing. It's almost never as, as bad as I think it. It's, it's never as bad as I thought it would be, but it's also like I've started to engage with scarier and scarier things because of the trade-off, the, the payoff rather that I've learned comes from these things. So uh, yeah. good for you for, for being so open-minded. It's always a treat chatting with you. Thanks, Nick. 
All right, mate. I will uh, talk to you later. Our last episode in this series is going to be on orthotics. And I think a really cool way to frame it will be to go through use cases where we feel orthotics um, actually have a, a valuable place. And to, you know, it'll be interesting to put in some brain cycles to figure out like, okay, well, how many of those are there? And, um, you know, should all of those have an exit strategy built in, even when they are needed? Because um, yeah. I think it's going to be way easier to say when they are warranted than to say all the things that they shouldn't be used for. Because yeah. if we know what they're used for, then anything else, probably not the best solution. Yeah. Cool. Well, everyone listening, I hope that was uh, insightful and gave you some good info. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.